0: Over the last few weeks, I've been talking about how we are in an apostolic age, which requires a different approach, sharing the gospel in a different way than in a Christendom age. I've mentioned some of the realities that we face in the apostolic age, some of the challenges that are present for us sharing the mission of Christ, and I've talked a little bit about some of the potential false solutions or pitfalls that we can be tempted to resort to as a way to deal with these challenges that we face in these times today I'd like to spend a little time talking about what can we do, how can we uh, approach all of this. So in an apostolic age, our strategies for sharing the gospel, the faith, need to change how people see the world. Because many people, uh, we're living in the world, where we're, even if we're sort of familiar with Christianity, Christ is not the center of our lives. He's not something that's familiar to us. We don't necessarily have lots of time to be exposed to the Christian perspective and the ultimate and true way, and we just lack those opportunities for conversions to happen. And therefore, the task of believers, for us, is to present the gospel, the Christian life, in such a way that it challenges the assumptions of the secular worldview that we find ourselves living in. So, the the Beatitudes, right? Today we heard the Beatitudes, Luke's version of that. These actions of the Christians, these words of the Christians, their conduct should turn people's heads, and they should say, what is going on with those people? Why do they do what they do? I don't understand that. Not in a strange way, not in a way that is awkward, but in a way that just fascinates. Why would you give up this life for, you know, something that we can't see? Things like that. People need to see that being a Christian is different. That they need to see that living a Christian life leads to a different experience of life, a richer and fuller experience of life. And ultimately, uh, that we have hope not in just this life, but in the life to come. And they need to see that evident in the lives of the Christian community, the members of, of the faithful, and the, the lives of the body of Christ. And that sounds simple, right? It's, it seems, yeah, we're Christian, we go to church. What else do you want, Father? Well, I don't know, uh, other things, I guess. Outside of the building, what do we do? What do our lives show? How do people... See our lives playing out in our schools and our workplaces and our family. What do people see? And it's pretty challenging actually to, to live the church culture can also become about something else than following Christ, than being his disciple. And that happens when that happens, we lose our focus, we lose our fruitfulness as Christians, and our life kind of withers instead of being this sign of contradiction to the world. So let's talk a little bit about the first reading today. When we put, on our, put our hope in earthly things, when we live our lives focused on what we can gain here, automatically we lose some element of following Jesus and focusing on Jesus. In an apostolic age, the culture is that environment that Jeremiah describes in our first part of that reading. He said, cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord, he is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Isn't that what we see around us? We see in the culture today many people looking for meaning, looking for purpose, feeling empty, feeling you know like they're not being fulfilled. So we recognize that there's this hunger for something more. Society as a whole has many great things we're pursuing with our technology, our learning, our medicine, our military might, we have lots of things. But at the end of the day, we're still falling apart. We're still, you know, not satisfied. We're still seeming to be on a path of self-destruction. And this can become, uh, this is because we have lost touch with that living source, that living spring of life, which is Christ. Again, Jeremiah says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat of the day. Its, Its leaves stay green in the year of drought. It shows no distress, but still bears fruit. That's what we're meant to be, the church, the sign, the sign of contradiction to the world. We'll fail in that if we don't don't have ourselves rooted in Christ, we're not in the stream of Christ Jesus. We can't bear fruit on our own, and we're helpless really to bring spiritual life, nourishment to the world if we are not rooted in Christ. If you think of a tree, um, you know, that we see the the part above ground, but below the ground there's this other part of the tree that we don't see but it's probably just as large as the part that's above ground and that's the part that stabilizes that tree when the winds come it helps that tree to stand in place and it is able to draw the nutrients from the soil so that it can bear fruit so we need to have that rootedness in Christ it's necessary if we're going to bring forth fruit in the world it's not enough to just have one little root right? one little stem of, of ourselves in Jesus you know, we, might, we might look at that and say, well, oh, look, I've got a little root and it's right in Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? It's growing so nice. It's good. But okay, but is my whole heart in Christ? Is my whole life, I need to have the whole tree rooted in Christ. Think about where your roots are. Where do you f- spend time in your life investing in yourself? Where do you spend your money? How do you look for happiness? Where do you look for meaning, for clarity on what is right and wrong? How do you seek purpose, your purpose in your life? Where do you see these things? How do you find yourself looking for things uh, for meaning in your life? If any of our roots are in other things than Jesus, we're not fully rooted in him, right? And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing to discover. It means we have some work to do, yes, but it also means that there's hope, right? Like the life I'm living right now is not as full as it could be. I can have a fuller life. I can have more meaning. I can have more joy in my life. So it's a matter of saying, where am I rooted? And where do I need to transfer my roots? Where do I need to transplant? Until we're re-rooted in Christ and and living in Him, we're going to be withering rather than thriving. We might have a lot of worldly fruit. We might have a lot of riches. We might have a lot of fame or fortune or honor, these kinds of things. But we won't see faith in our lives. We won't see faith in our children. We're not going to be the source of conversion for friends or family members or colleagues or our neighbors. In an apostolic age, it becomes crucial that we are deeply rooted in Christ. That we are totally engaged in Christ. Because the attack that we constantly are experiencing on our relationship with Christ. Whether that attack is direct or indirect... Therefore, we constantly need to be developing and protecting and building up that root in Christ. Maybe an image would help a little bit here. So in a Christendom age, if we are in the stream of culture, we just float along in our nice inner tube and we're just like happy, just floating down the river. This is great. We're on our way to Jesus, right? Because we're in a Christendom culture. We're moving towards Jesus. But in an apostolic age, if we're in the, in the river of the culture, we're just floating along in our inner tube, we're going the wrong way, right? We're not going towards Christ, we're going away from Him. And so the challenge is, we have to fight really hard to go upstream, and it's a, it's a difficult challenge. So what can we do? How, how can we approach these challenges that we face? Well, one thing is that none of us can do this alone. We have to be part of a Christian community. We have to be in a place where we are known and loved And we can share our Christian experience. We're on this journey together. We have to be part of something greater than just ourselves. We can't be a Christian on our own. There are some hermits, but even hermits, you know, they have a way of being in community. We can create opportunities, right? This is one thing we can do as a parish, to create opportunities to encounter the Lord, to encounter Christ, to hear the gospel in such a way that it challenges our secular worldview. And offers a different perspective. The Christian perspective. That's something that we can do as a parish. To create a space where people can come to encounter Christ. And that's one of the big things that we are called to do as a parish. We can become more rooted in Christ. That means individually making sacrifices and investing intentionally in that process of conversion. That's ongoing for all of us, right? We all are on this. Whether you're a priest and you think you're really holy or... You think you're just starting. We're all in this process of conversion. There's always more conversion to do. And the, the, the challenge is that it's an ongoing thing. We have to keep asking the Lord. Purify my heart, Lord. Purify that place that I don't want to surrender to you. Right? We all have those things that we, we hold on to and we say, this is my special thing that I will take with me on my conversion process that I will hold and, and, and keep and we never want to surrender that thing, right? Whatever that thing is. We all have it. And Jesus keeps saying, can I have that? And we're like, no, you won't." And he keeps asking, right? Until we surrender, he's going to keep asking. There's these things that we hold on to, that purification process is ongoing. And that's a challenge for us. We can never give up on that. We have to keep kind of pressing into it. And it becomes more and more challenging the further we go. So the Lord continually invites us deeper. And then we can be authentic witnesses, right? Authentic witnesses to Christ, And that can really only only happen if we're willing to sacrifice everything else to Christ. Everything else is sacrificed at the altar of our faith. And that can be challenging. We have to be be convinced of that, though. Otherwise, our witness is to whatever we are rooted in, right? Back to the roots. What am I rooted in? Where have I invested myself? It's not enough just to have that one little root, right? Oh, this root is wonderful. No, we have to have the whole thing, right? Right? Because otherwise, what does our life witness to? It witnesses to what we are invested in. And so that purification process has to continue, and that rootedness in Christ has to increase over time. So these are some, some things that we can do, we should do, strive to do in our lives, and again, it's a process, right? We might not be there right now, and that's okay. We might recognize our roots are in the wrong place, and that's okay. But the invitation, I think, of the Lord is to say where am I rooted, and where is the Lord inviting me to change? Where is He inviting me to grow? Where is He inviting me to surrender? And that's a lifelong process, but as a parish, as a Christian community, we have to be on that road. Otherwise, we are not witnessing to the world of who Christ is. So, I guess the invitation today is to examine your life, discover where am I rooted, how am I rooted, and you know, I thought I was going to, be able to fit all of this in one homily, but it turns out next week, next week will be the last one, I think, we will talk about what are we doing in our cluster, how are we inviting people into this process of being formed in the faith, of encountering Christ, of growing in this rootedness of Christ. So today, let's meditate and think about where am I rooted, and next week we'll talk about what can we do in our parish.